Yeah. Do you, have you ever met documentary filmmakers? I have. Okay, so... Well, then you can already attest to the fact that these are committed people. These are not mm -hmm. these are not people that take a script and make a movie. And not nothing against people that take a script and make a movie. Documentary film pe people are committed, man. You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stephen Grandbar. ago i decided i was going to make a documentary and i actually just said it out loud uh, i posted to facebook i'm like i'm going to make a documentary and and what had happened was is that people uh generally take me seriously when i say i'm going to do something i try to follow through i i most often will follow through with the thing i say i'm going to do and it's, right. it's been it's been uh, both a, a, a blessing and a curse because i think of things a lot <laughs> but if i say it out loud man like i feel i have to to do it it doesn't mean i have to finish it now this is where we come into play with the problem with the documentary so the documentary okay. was called influential the age of digital and the the idea i had was that i would interview people and i would ask them why do you do what you do okay right Based off of their input, their story, I would create a tapestry of inspiration. So what it is, what was it that inspired you to do the job you're doing? And I figured if I was dealing with a bunch of digital people, a bunch of marketing people, advertising, but mostly creatives and tech people, that I would get consistent responses. I would get, you know, Joshua Davis, Flight 404, Eric Natsky. Hillman Curtis, like I would get these super creative people that were at the forefront of uh, what was what was creative uh, development in mm -hmm. 2000 kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? And and the only reason that I felt that was that I could literally name six people, the names I said plus a couple others, where like Yugop in Japan. Like I felt that I could, I could easily trace exactly why I did what I was doing. Right. Because there was a point I was doing animation when I first started. And there was a point when I started seeing programmatic work in shockwave and flash where I was like, holy shit, this is, this is where I want to go. I'm not particularly smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not, I'm, you know, I had to you, learn. You are to too hard on yourself, sir. No, no, no. Anyways, I, I'm joking. I had to learn how to program, right? Like I right. had learned lingo in college and used director oh, and shockwave. Wow. Yeah, and then, yeah. All the flash I did in 1999 and 2000 was, was animation. So I did animation and then I started seeing, you know, Press Tube and Natsky and Form and Josh Davis and Hillman Curtis and Yugop and Robert Robert Hodgen, who was Flight 404, seeing this crazy programmatic stuff. And I was like, mm -hmm. holy shit, this is what I want to do. So because I had a very defined path once I started doing that, I thought everybody did, you know? So 
Right. I believed that if I put a mic in front of someone and a camera and said, why do you do what you do? I would get Josh Davis 20 times and I would get UGOP and I would get Hillman Curtis and I would get whomever else. I don't care. Like, oh, I, I, I read Juxtapose. You know what I mean? Or yep. I, I read yep. uh, um, Creative Arts or whatever. Like uh, the FWAs. Uh, the FWAs is where I got my inspiration. Like I thought that I would definitely get something where I could say, this person has has created a lot of inspiration for people. I'm going to interview them and then ask them the question. So I felt that I would get like, 20 Josh Davis. And so I would go mm-hmm. talk to Josh Davis and interview him and say, Hey, Josh, why do you do what you do? And then I would, I thought what would happen is he would name somebody. And if that person was still alive, chances are not great. But if, if that person was still alive, I could talk to them and say, Hey, John Maida, why do you do what you do? And then he would give me an answer that would you know lead me into the past. And what I thought I would get was, a path into the past mm-hmm. using inspiration in digital digital creation. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I was trying to make a documentary in which I had no control over the, the product until it was edited, but like I had no control over where I was going to go. Right. So that- what was really cool is that, you know, a couple of conferences let me set up. So FITC let me set up to take interviews and uh, Fio uh, in Minneapolis, they let me set up. They gave me like a press pass. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I set up and I did my interviews and it was great fun. And I, I have uploaded some. So if you were to look up um, uh, Hugh Q. Elliott on, on YouTube, some of my interviews are up there with, with people. And we can get to the problem. The problem is, is that people don't have a defined path the way I did. Right, right. Nobody, nobody goes like, oh, it was UGOP and Josh Davis. And I mean, that did happen. That did happen in my interviews. Someone might say Josh Davis, but I would say nine times out of 10, somebody would say like my teacher, my mom, my uncle, my aunt, my cousin, my whatever, you know, the guy I used to install kitchens with or, you know, like, you know, my dad was a cabinet maker, so it was my dad. I'm like, holy shit, like I am, I feel like I'm just way off. Like I thought I understood, do you know, like I thought I understood how it all, how it all would pan out. And then I, pan out. Yeah. it didn't at all, like it didn't at all pan out the way I thought. So <laughs> the real problem, the real problem is um, I got invited to Hot Docs as a director. Not not to like present or anything like that, but it was just, you know, we knew someone at Hot Docs and, and she was so gracious. And she was like, why don't you come to Hot Docs, meet some of the directors and like, you know, maybe there's this chance for you to like do your thing. And I'm like, holy shit, are you serious? You know, Hot Docs is a Hot Docs yep. is a documentary yeah, yeah. film festival in Toronto. Um, so I did. I went and I went to the there's literally a director's party, which is Oh my God. Right. Like I got to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do, have you ever met documentary filmmakers? I have. Okay. So 
well, then you can already attest to the fact that these are committed people. These are not mm -hmm. these are not people that take a script and make a movie. And not nothing against people that take a script and make a movie. Documentary film pe people are committed, man. Like they, I met the director of the "You've Been Trumped" documentary, the the one where he t he like he gets arrested. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In Scotland or Wales or wherever that Trump made a, a, a golf course in the UK, like he got arrested by private security that then gave him to the cops. You know, I met the director of the documentary that did the Afghan Boxing League, Women's Afghan Boxing League, where it's like illegal for them to do what they're doing. So they essentially like did underground boxing. Like I'm, these are people that yeah. take yeah. risks. Yeah. And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not saying that it's not a good idea. And honestly, when I told these directors of whom I was like, holy crap, you guys are, you're blowing me away. They really reacted re like very, very enthusiastically and, and, and positively towards what I was saying. They really thought it was a good idea. But then I would say like my problem is that you know i can't do it right i couldn't do this documentary the way i wanted to do it because it would require me intervening mm. and guiding the interviewer or interviewee excuse me i would need to say like but really you know but really you can't possibly mean your high school math teacher you must mean so and so who then made programmatic whatevers do you know what I mean like I, I just the, the concept of me uh messing with it's like the Jane Goodall <laughs> you know monkeys mm. gorillas in the mist thing like mm. I could I, I felt like I couldn't I couldn't interfere in that sense no okay so I gave up I gave up I was like you know regardless of anything else if there is one thing I am, it's, 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 uh, committed to my purpose. And I, I decided I couldn't do it. Now I do have a bunch of footage and I, it was really interesting to hear people's takes on things, but I couldn't do the, I couldn't do the documentary I wanted to do. Right. Uh, hmm. So I wondered, Stefan, I wondered if you thought there was some way that I could either resurrect the project or evolve the project. Yes, absolutely. So that, like, is it? Do I just follow my own path? So, so there's know, and say, oh, well, I know these people. Like, I could just find out their purpose and their. Direction. No, I don't think you have to do that. I think there's there's really two two approaches, in my opinion, for for documentary storytelling. Okay. Um. The the first one involves having a hypothesis and then going out and shooting uh, a ton of interviews and footage and then and then finding out what your story is right right so in that case it would be like oh i've i've interviewed you know a dozen different people and all of them have very different influences and they all seem to be people from their lives Yes. What I need to do now is I need to go interview those people from their lives. You know? Yeah, but, you know, but it, it wouldn't lead me anywhere. 
I I get you, and that's not the only way. I think okay. the other side of it is you just have to reframe the question. Okay. You know, you, and and not in such a way that you're like altering. You're not changing their answer, but you're guiding it, right? You're saying, you, you're asking for them to say, you know, who who in who of the early digital pioneers influenced your work I you know, see. Rather yeah. Than... yeah yeah I don't know I I, I actually 100% and I agree entirely I just you know when I was in the middle of it my level of frustration with what was obviously a limitation that I had put right. in place was too much you know yeah like I couldn't, uh, I couldn't abide going to another event where I ask someone, "Why do you do what you do?" And they go, "My mom." <laughs> but I, yeah. I also have, a, but I also have an issue with with the the concept of saying which digital pioneer would you say has been the most influential in your. No, and I don't think that that's the right there's, question. There's a, but there's but... a question to ask that is better than why do you do what you do. But not mm-hmm. as as ridiculously verbose as what I yeah, was saying. Which is yeah. like which is like an objection that's leading the client. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that is literally what you need to do is you need to lead, right? You need to lead the yeah, answer that you want. I guess, you know, I guess it's I mean, still like, their the answer. The thing was is that I was at, I was at design conferences. You know, like I really thought I was talking to people that you know. Yeah, totally but your question would be like, oh well, yeah. But you're right. I mean, the question was too generic. And so I think I also, to, yeah, go ahead. You you just got to make sure that you know before you get the recorded question on right. or an answer on 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 tape, um, that you, you preface it like you give people that you know the the time to think about their answer, right? Right. So you create because the atmosphere for them that they're remembering the thing exactly. that you kind of want them to remember. Because if you put me on the spot and ask me why do I do what I do, you know, my answer is going to, to like, the first place we go to are the things that are most personal to us. Right. You're absolutely right. right. And they may not be the most logical answer. They may not be the most, like, truthful answer. Um, and they may not even be, like, I might afterwards be like, oh, you know what? I said I, I said because of my parents, but I kind of <laughs> feel like Hugh was looking for something else but that's sort of the first thing that came to mind and the tape was rolling so i just said it yeah and you know and you're in your your, yeah you're right i mean like so i have a history of like recording people like asking them a question recording them and, and me not interfering and me not guiding and just being interested in what they what they have to say um as another project that i had done but i I think I think I get too wrapped up in the idea of not interfering with them in terms of their answer and not right. guiding them in any way that it, it did. It was a detriment. And I <clears throat> I did like how thoughtful people became when I recorded them. Right. And I did like when people really knew what they were what what it was they wanted to say. There, there were there were only a few people in which there was a lot of waffling and I would have to stop the camera and then restart it and 
having said something be like well you know what what part of this is hard to understand mostly because like i said like for me it's definitive like i know who inspired me i know right what i saw that that blew me away but that didn't happen for everybody that just it just didn't happen in that way for everyone i mean for a lot of people it didn't happen in that way right right you right you know while it might have been definitive for me for a lot of people it wasn't it was just they just you know i graduated college you know and i needed a right. job i don't know like it just yeah anyways i was super bummed out and i feel like i've squandered an opportunity but you know that won't be the first or last <laughs> opportunity but, i've squandered <laughs> if this is something you still want to pursue I, I think that there is an avenue for it but i i think that yeah you need to um you need to take the reins a little bit in a documentary like that you need to take the reins at, at the very least in order to um to, to get uh an answer that's kind of in a ballpark that you can work with because you're right. If, yeah. if you're, if your goal is to sort of like trace this, this a lineage basically of, of inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. if you're getting too many roadblocks of, you know, I, because of my teacher or because of my mom, then, then yeah, you, you, that is, that is going to be, it's going to end the same way again. You're just going to have to not, continue or to completely change your hypothesis to make a different type of documentary yeah i mean but we're, as long as you're at least what's interesting is now we're like five years later i want to think it was about five years ago that i did this maybe right. six seven but um we're even further into the digital world and there are mm-hmm. people that that grew up only seeing websites right you now only knowing apps and only knowing mobile first and all that stuff so they they <clears throat> if i talk to people uh now that are coming out of college they don't have the experience we do in terms of like look at how creative websites used to be right they don't have that so they're they're i, I mean like i could be wrong but but we had we had a very um uh specific upbringing when it comes to the internet and that it didn't exist in, in the form that it does now. And we, we managed to see what could happen when creative people had, had mm-hmm. the reins, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you it, it, I mean, it went crazy. And then all of a sudden mobile became a thing and, and, uh, you know, it got reined in pretty, pretty fast. Well, I mean, not really very fast. I was probably working for 15 years making flash sites before it all kind of went belly up. But, you know, we've lost, in my mind, we've kind of lost the the generic creativity that was happening where, you know, you could make a website and people had a chance to see it. Now, if it doesn't work on a phone, no one will see it. Right, I see what you're saying. So There's like a, a fractured, fractured, landscape of platforms and yeah yeah yeah. so i mean like i would need to go to like a design conference to get people who are inspired by right designers (laughs) i don't know it's it's such a strange thing i really did i i started to think okay well instead of taking everybody else's 
interviews and going, I couldn't get anywhere with that. And I would still use them, but I would take my own. I would say, these are the five names that I can honestly say made me want to keep going in interactive. Right. And then interview those people. And whether or not they lead me anywhere, that doesn't matter. You know? Right, right, right. The yeah. worst part <clears throat> the worst part is that as I was making influential the age of digital, influential movie was being made. And I think actually came out. Like it was a documentary about influential people. <laughs> but it was it wasn't oh, about boy. it wasn't my take on it. It was it was right. really just, you know, look at Steve Jobs and I can't even remember how influential he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like look at Steve Jobs and look at some rapper or, you know, whomever. Jay Z, I think, was in it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty funny to register influentialmovie.com and then turn around and go, oh, <laughs> why can't I get influential? <laughs> oh, because. <laughs> There's another it's documentary being yeah. made. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which is why, listen, and this is why when, when you and I decided to make this podcast, I registered four different URLs. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. Because God, man, like, you know, I hated the concept of, you know, six months down the road, we're looking at somebody has registered can't sell this podcast dot co.uk and they've <laughs> running a podcast <laughs> we gotta like find them and we gotta shut them down Johnny come lately's you know <laughs> I use my old timey voice for that um, yeah anyways so yeah it, it could be a thing I don't know it's just it's I feel like I'm, I've I had the opportunity and I let it slide. Anyways, if there are any hmm. documentary filmmakers that want to pursue this, get at me and let's let's make it happen. Because I don't know how to make cool. a documentary, apparently. <laughs> uh, well, listen. Stefan. Hugh. Yeah. I would think that this is the end of this episode. Would you agree? I would agree. I think I think it was another good episode. I think it was too. Look at us. <laughs> so I am. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am Hugh Elliott. And I am Stephen Grambart. And this has been Can't Sell This. Have a good night. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stephen Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Monsieur.